0: Grace and peace to you, and welcome to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Sean Azaro, the senior pastor of River City Community Church in San Antonio, Texas. A church that exists to help people like you find the real life you were created for and find it to the full. That's what Jesus promised in John 10:10. And today we begin a new study in the Word. River City is a Bible-teaching church, and in fact, this new series is called The Word. The Word of God. Is it a history book? Is it a book with more books inside it? It really doesn't matter because Sean's going to tell you what Jesus said about the Word of God. Jesus knew the Word of God, and in fact, He is the Word of God. It is much bigger than just a book. Reachingforreallife.org has this full message, sermon notes, and series available for free. But if you feel led to bless this listener-supported radio ministry right now, then please do so today. There's a place to give at reachingforreallife.org. Today's part two of the message called This Is the Word. Pastor Sean is in Matthew chapter 4 and 2 Timothy chapter 3. It's time. For reaching for Real Life Radio.
1: It's funny. When we started this ministry, and to this day, we worked in inner city housing projects and inner city ministry. And what was interesting is that in the inner city, man, one of the refreshing things I found is that the brokenness and the sin was kind of just out there. And it wasn't hidden. And you'd be walking down the street, and all of a sudden, the fight from in the house would just, in the housing project, would just spill out onto the street. And You know, it was just all of the stuff, and it was one of those parts. We started in a housing project, and it was one of those parts that you just go, oh, man, it's hard over there, a lot of brokenness there. What's interesting is as I got in and got connected, I saw clearly, you know, the same sins all exist in our suburban neighborhoods. We just are able, we have the resources to hide it behind a well-manicured lawn, nice front door, nice fence. And it looks all nice on the outside. On the inside, the same issues with fear, infidelity, anger, rage. They're all there. It's just we have the resources to hide it. And it's funny because sometimes what you have, the thing that you have most of can keep you from what you most need. What you most have can keep you from what you most need, and that's what they were experiencing. So in Amos, he gets seven and a half chapters of judgment, and then he says these words. This is verses 11, 12 of chapter 8. Behold, days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land. Not a famine for for bread or a thirst for water, but rather for hearing the words of the Lord. People will stagger from sea to sea, and from the north, even to the east, they'll go to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, but they will not find it. That's such a powerful, and, and that actually happened. They entered into, it was still a few hundred years away, but they entered into this time. The northern kingdom within 30 years was overrun by the Assyrians. Kind of ceased to exist as a separate entity. Southern kingdom it was, they had a bit of time left. But ultimately the Babylonians did the same thing to them and it was a silent period where there were no, no prophets. The voice of God wasn't heard. And, and I love this because it compares that to hunger and thirst. And we all hunger and thirst, don't we? We all hunger for something. It's what drives us. And the word is like bread. We all thirst We all thirst in the Word is like water on a dry and a parched land. You know, that thirst is what drives us. Sometimes we can see it easier in other people. You have someone you love and care about who they constantly go after something that hurts them. And you're like, why do they do that? Why do they keep going to that same broken well? All they're doing is trying to satisfy the thirst. And, And when you stop and think about it, how many things do you and I do? Sin, tendencies brokenness in our habits why do i do that because there's this inner thirst and i go all these other places to satisfy them except for the presence of god except for the word of the lord i think in matthew chapter 4 jesus showed us three powerful reasons that the word is more than just a source of learning but is the source of life Number one, the word is our source of life because of who it comes from. Ultimately, and this is what Jesus was saying, the word is our source of life because of who it comes from. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The Bible is not just a book. This is not just a collection of books. And that's so important that we understand that. Remember we talked about what the scripture says about itself? 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Pastor Mike taught on this passage beautifully last week. But there's one phrase I want us to just rest on a bit, and it's that all scripture is what? It's God-breathed. Do you understand what it's saying? This is powerful. This is unique because it is God breathed. His spirit speaking. His spirit guiding and protecting. His spirit applying the word to our hearts and to our lives. Do you understand that this book is written hundreds of years, even more, apart? Different nations, different languages, different people. And there's this incredible unity of theme that runs through it. Do you realize, we'd have a hard time getting that same level of unity here. And we all speak the same language. We're all at the same time. We're all part of the same church. The unity and the focus and the forward motion of the word of God is miraculous. And that's the Holy Spirit. He, He guided people to write down what God was saying. This isn't just man's discovery of God. This isn't some sociological religious text that gives us man's discovery of God. This is the word of God. And see, I want us to see it that way. We handle it so much that sometimes we can just treat it like any other book. All scripture is God breathed. One of the things God's had me doing in the morning when I do my devotions is just holding the Bible and just saying, this is the word of God. To me. In fact, I want you to do that. Will you take your Bible, whether it's paper, whether it's electronic? You're like, I'm holding an iPhone right now, okay? That's fine. That's fine. I, I do my devotions largely on electronics, okay? I do both, but largely on electronics. That's fine. But I want you to hold it up, okay? Hold it up. All right? Hold it before you, look at it, and, and, and I'm not talking about the paper or the leather. I'm not talking about the glass screen or the whatever the wrapping around it is. I'm talking about the word. And I want you to say with me, this is God's word. Say that. This is God's word. It's God's word to me. Say it. It's God's word to me. See, it changes how it kind of, I sit up a little straighter. I focus a little differently. I slow down. It's not like, okay, I got to get through my reading plan because, well, I'm telling the congregation to do it. I should probably do it. I don't want to be a hypocrite or anything. You're like you would never think that, would you? Yeah. And we handle I handle it so much. I do teachings. You know, we do it staff meetings. We handle the Word of God a lot. I don't ever want to. I don't ever want to treat it common, because it's not. It is God breathed. When we read, this is the Word of the Lord. Because He gave it, He protected it, and He helps apply it to our hearts and lives by His Spirit. See, when we, when we look at it that way, we understand what a privilege and what a gift this word is. See, we're looking beyond a book to the person who spoke the book. That's why it's precious to me. He is our source of life, but the connection point to any relationship is words, isn't it? Understand that? The, I think that's important. The medium of relationship is words. And if, if a person can't speak... Or they can't hear, they learn sign language, which is just a physical way to communicate words. Words are significant because they are the connection point of that relationship. I literally was writing this in the message. I'm working on my message in my study, writing that line, and Ryan texts a video to our family, and I want you to see it because I'm like, dude, you gave me a gift, okay, you got to listen carefully because what you hear is, is important or maybe more important than what you see. So listen carefully, and then we'll talk about it in a minute. Daddy. I love you. <laughs> that's right. I'm daddy. Okay. Now, that's just empirically cute. I don't care who you are, but... It's my, I understand it's my grandson Moses, it's Ryan's and, and Rachel's little boy, so it might be cuter to me than some others, maybe. But what I want you to see in that is that moment of Moses saying, Daddy. And, and what was fascinating about it is it's like, that kid sits around. He's part of the family. He's passed around. He sits around. We're talking all day. And he's watching, he's watching his mom, dad, Ollie, his older sister. They're talking nonstop. All of a sudden, he's in on it. And something happened. Did you see his response? When Ryan responded to Moses saying, Daddy. His response. Moses, being because it's like all of a sudden, he's heard all these people connecting and talking. Now he's part of it. And he connected through his words. And his face lit up. Ryan, I could hear tears in his voice. I remember that moment when Ryan himself said, "Dad," when Lauren said, "Dad," and it's like, ah, that point of connection is what I'm talking about. There's power in words.
0: And let's take a quick minute to remind you: you're listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio with Pastor Sean Azaro, a listener-supported ministry of River City Community Church. In this message called "This Is the Word." in the series called The Word which is available right now on the sermon page at life.org. and while you're there if this radio ministry has been a blessing to you then your gift of any amount helps this radio ministry continue to help others just find the donate tab at life.org. and in fact your gift of any amount will get you the latest book from Pastor Sean Azar.
1: I grew up on a farm training horses, and, you know, so we had a barn, and we had the house, and the barn was, it felt like it was like half a mile from the house. It wasn't, okay? It was a couple couple few hundred yards, right? And so the barn was down below, and there was this winding driveway up to the house. It was actually very pretty in the daytime, you know, trees over, beautiful canopy thing. It was really a very pretty drive up to our house, you know, Working down at the barn, I remember, you know, we grew up outside of Chicago. So in the winter, I waited too long to do my chores. So I'm down at the barn working, and it's pitch black when I'm coming up. And there's nothing around us. We are in the country. And so you know that feeling when you're walking through the dark. And I I remember being about seven, eight years old, and I'm going up after having been doing that. And and I'm coming up, and uh, you know how how you get more afraid? And so you start walking a little faster? And the faster you walk, the more afraid you get? And then you start running. And then the more you're fast running, it's like, oh, no, my feet are in cement. and I can't run. You know, all that stuff that goes on. And I remembered that feeling and calling out, Mom, because I knew she was outside and hearing her voice. Yeah, Sean. I didn't see her. She wasn't physically right there, but her voice meant I wasn't alone. Her voice meant she knew where I was and she had, she had me covered. See, that's, the voice of God. That's how it works. There's something about when you hear God's voice through his word, through prayer, it it brings you alive. It's like, oh my gosh, he's there. He's real. He sees me. He's with me. I'm not alone. The word is our source of life because of who it comes from. See, That's why the word is more than a source of learning. The word is the source of life. Second thing Jesus showed us and how he used the word is The word sustains life because it's how we defeat temptation. The word sustains life because it's how we defeat temptation. Let me say to you very clearly, sin is death, and temptation is the temptation to sin. Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is, what is it? Death, that's right. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. See, sin is death. It steals the life God created us for. And temptation is that pull that we all experience to trust the flesh, the world, the enemy, that path over the path that God created us for. That's what Satan was tempting Jesus, to leave the path Father had for him and take shortcuts And those shortcuts would have amounted to sin. And the wages of sin is death. And what we need to see from this, and I want us to learn this, Jesus rebuffed every effort of the enemies with Scripture. He defeated him with the word of God, and we should too. It's interesting. When I was reading through this, I started thinking about this. And it occurred to me that intentional sin in the life of a believer always starts with believing a lie. Did you realize that? Intentional sin in the life of a believer always starts by believing a lie. I'm not talking about the impulse, you know, something happens and you cuss, or, you know, it still can be sin. An impulse sin can still be sin, anger, whatever. But that can happen with me knowing that's hurtful, that's wrong, I don't want to walk that way. Intentional sin, when I, when I choose to let this sin be in my life, it is because I'm believing a lie. I'm not just talking about like obvious sins, you know, like stealing, right? Stealing, the lie behind stealing, taking something that isn't yours. The lie is, well, God can't care for you, so you should take that thing. You'll need it. God can't care for you that's a lie. But when we intentionally steal, we're giving into that lie. How about infidelity in your marriage? The lie is, well, your spouse has wronged you. This person understands you. You deserve better. There's no hope for your marriage. So just go ahead and be with that person. It's a lie. And it's the root behind the choice to be unfaithful. I mean, these are obvious kind of 10 commandment kind of sins, right? But it happens with all other kinds of sins too. How about and this is a no-elbow zone right now. You'll know why in a moment. How about spending more than you can afford? No-elbow zone. Spending more than you, you, you can afford, it believes a lie that says, well, I'm not okay without that thing. I'm willing to hurt myself financially to have that thing. I can't afford it, but i got to have it. And so I spend more than I can afford And that's an example of a sin that hurts me that is based on believing a lie. How about living or acting out of fear? I know that God says to trust him, but what if he's not trustworthy? How about listening to godless voices over God's word? And boy, we are surrounded by a lot of godless voices today, pressing in, pushing on us, and some of us are getting caught up in those voices and listening to them rather than what the Lord says through his word. See, do you understand this has been the enemy's strategy since the beginning? Remember what the serpent said to Eve in Genesis chapter 3? Did God really say, "Oh, surely you won't die. You'll be like God." Just lies. And she swallowed it, hook, line, and sinker. Then she gave to Adam, and he swallowed it, hook, line, and sinker. Both of them. Jesus confronted the temptation and the lies of the enemy with Scripture, and so should we. Because the Scripture is truth. Let me ask you something. What lies might you be believing that are hurting you right now? You know, when we do biblical counseling, this is one of the key things we, we hone in on. What lie is a person acting out of? Sometimes there's harmful behaviors in our life that if we really trace it back, why do I do that? Well, because I believe this. And that's where we go, wait a minute, whoa, whoa, whoa. That's not true. Look what the word of God says. That's truth. And you confront those lies with the truth and it's amazing when a person begins to really see, wow, I guess I have believed that. Something my parents told me. Something my first spouse told me. Something I've been living my life out of. This paradigm that's not true. Just not true. And when the word of God shines its light on that, the light of truth, a set free. You'll know the truth and the truth will do what? It'll set you free. That's the power of the word. It's the power of truth. What lies might you be believing that are causing some of the pain that you're experiencing? Jesus dealt with those lies, with temptation, with the Word of God. See, the Word is more than a source of learning. The Word is the source of life. Last thing, the Word gives life because it speaks to the deepest needs of our heart. It speaks to the deepest needs of our heart. It doesn't just speak to the spiritual life as though that's separate from all the rest. And you know, I think we do this a lot. We, we have our work life and there's our kind of conduct and a way we, and the rules at work, and then there's our family life and our relationships and that, and then there's the church life and spiritual life, and that's what the Bible really speaks to. I, I want to say to you, what Jesus is showing us is, yeah, the scripture speaks to the deepest needs of our heart. He was tempted in the issue of provision. And he was hungry. See, we wrestle with this, how we meet our needs. This is one of the biggest things. When, when we talk about missing out on what God has for us, so many of us, I wish I could obey the Lord. I wish I could do that thing. I wish I could be a part of that. But I don't know that He's gonna, I don't know that He's gonna take care of me. And, and you just need to remember, Jesus said. In Matthew chapter six, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Food, clothes, the stuff you need. God has got you. He's your provider. That's the truth. Do you believe that? How about protection? Safety. I'm getting so sick of that word. I've told you this before. Safety. When did safety become a virtue? Can someone tell me? When did that become an admirable thing to to pursue in your life? You know, imagine a little kid just or, or a young a young person in high school, you know, man, I've got my whole life ahead of me. I've got such vision. I'm gonna be safe every day of my life. Oh, okay, great. I'm gonna be so safe that I probably won't die. That's ridiculous. And yet a whole lot of us are living that way, and we will sell our soul to the first kind of snake oil salesman who promises us safety. Do you know no one can really promise us safety? I can't promise that one of us isn't going to have an accident on the way home and go and meet our maker today. I can't promise that. This is is an illusion that we are selling our souls for. And we got to stop. Because I'll tell you, most great things that happen in life involve some risk. You know, to go across the room and talk to someone who you... Think you might love. Risk. Start a business. Risk. Go for promotion at work. Risk. Safety. When did that ever become the thing? It's killing us. And what the enemy was tempting Jesus in is, if you're who you say you are, the scripture says, you can jump off this. This temple and you'll be safe Jesus, yeah, I don't need to test God that's what the scripture says, don't put God to the test I know where my safety and my security lies, what about the future you know what, the God who's already in the future's got it we gotta stop being so afraid for our safety and our security and our protection our Father's got us He promises to be with us. He says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. That's safe enough for me. How about purpose? God, why am I here? Does my life matter? God, what do you want me to do? What does God even want me to do? The enemy, this is the one the enemy would love to steal from you. Just get you living on the treadmill of just getting by and getting to the weekend and have a little fun and then get do it again and just trying to grind out, get by, and just drop 70 years doing that. He'd love to get you on that treadmill instead of living the life of purpose that God created you for. Are we going to let him do that? See, the way we confront those lies is with the Word of God. No, no, no. Scripture says we were created to do good works in Christ Jesus. That's what the Scripture says. We're created for purpose and meaning. And what this tells me is God wants to meet all those deep needs of our heart. And he wants to talk to you and I daily about our provision, our protection, and our purpose. And the question is, are we listening? Are you in the word? Are you listening? My challenge for you is to start listening.
0: That's Pastor Sean Azaro. You've been listening to Reaching for Real Life Radio. And if you'd like to hear this full message in the series called The Word, it's available right now on demand at reachingforreallife.org. And we'd also love to hear from you on our contact page, or even better, your financial gift helps this radio ministry continue. Please find that Donate tab at reachingforreallife.org. But of course, you're invited to visit and join us at River City Community Church, located on Lookout Road right behind Rotama Park, right next to the Real Life Amphitheater. If you'd like to call the church, the number is 210-490-5262, as Reaching for Real Life Radio is a service of River City Community Church, We hope you join us again next time as you travel the road to real life.